0: Hi, this is Erica by herself here to tell you we messed up on this episode not once mm -mm, but twice in fitting 2020 fashion the first time we recorded this episode our lovely Katie forgot to hit record on her end and then we re-recorded on Christmas Day and I can't tell you what happened to my audio file it's just gone it's in the ether of all the lost things. From 2020, so we're going to play you um, the first episode that we recorded with Katie's audio from the Zoom recording. So it's not as crispy as I would like it to be, or as it has been in the past. I hope it's better than nothing. Um, we still had a really good conversation about what we've learned so far. So that's this episode. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, we also forgot to tell you three really important things that are coming up in next. The next episode so for this week we are finishing memorial i can't wait to find out what happens then next week as is book talk tradition we will have a guest to talk more about the themes of the book and our good friend eric graham or easy as we call him will be with us i can't wait you guys will love him and then third next week we'll announce the next book that we'll be reading together so please enjoy this episode and i will talk to you soon
1: i'm katie i'm erica and this this is is book Talk.
0: talk hi katie hi erica how are you good happy almost christmas
1: Let's just start with a quick summary. So we start this section and find out that Mike invites his mom to come see him or come visit him in Houston. We don't really know how the timing unfolded um, between kind of when he found out his dad was sick, when him and Benson got in the fight, and then when he ended up actually leaving. Um, Later in the section, he meets Tan. We're still unsure if... Um, Mike is going to take over the bar or not, still unsure if he's going to sleep with Tan or not. Um, Aja is getting sicker and sicker. So we're flashing back kind of between phases of Mike's life. Um, when Benson moved in, when his dad originally left and he was a kid and then going, spending a lot of time at his dad's bar in Japan throughout this section. Um, at the end, his dad does go to the hospital and is clearly taking a turn for the worse. And that's the last part we read about.
0: In the first episode, we talked about Brian Washington's writing style. How is that evolving for you?
1: I love that Aja writes, that he writes about Aja's specific favorite things, things he hates, sounds he loves. I remember like multiple times in my life when I have done that, like written down in case anyone ever cared, like how I like my coffee or what my favorite books are or whatever. Like I think it's very endearing that he does that. Um, So I really like getting to know him through... Those little snippets, and I think it's very interesting that he kind of like finds those throughout as he's also getting to know his dad in real time. I just want to say though, before I get your opinion on that, that I don't like the writing style of Mike, and I understand he's doing character development. And this may be an unpopular opinion, but I just the like I feel like he's using kind of an extreme use of profanity, like of the F word. Like it's every other word, but maybe that's the point. Maybe that's who his character is. I don't know. What do you think about those high and lows?
0: It doesn't, the profanity doesn't bother me as much. I find Mike to be frustrating as a character, um, but in a different way than Benson. I think Benson is a very deep thinker and less of an actor, and Mike is an actor and less of a thinker. Like, Mike's just going to do the thing and not think about it um and benson's gonna think a lot about it and maybe not act and those things are frustrating in different ways
1: yeah i totally agree i do think mike just comes off i think the like he's just acting i i just the word i keep coming back to about his characters i just feel like he's aggressive and not aggressive like he's gonna fight people just like he's a very like or maybe abrasive character i don't know maybe i just like don't identify with him but I I also think they're very different characters, frustrating in their own ways, which is what makes the relationship kind of frustrating to read about as well. Speaking of relationships, I also was curious, we see and kind of learn more about two relationships in this section. We talk about Mike and Benson and then also Mike and his new friend, Tan. And I was wondering what you thought about those two or kind of the juxtaposition of those two relationships in this chapter.
0: One thing that we're seeing and it keeps coming up through this section for me is how Mike seems to be projecting the things that bother him about Aja, his dad, onto Benson. So there's multiple times where he's like, oh, Benson's doing that just, or Aja's doing that just like Benson. Oh, it's just like Benson. And I think we do this in our regular lives all the time. It's like things that irritate us about our parents we project onto people that we love because we've like tried to seek out those people and fix those relationships through our other relationships. Um, or even more, you know, central. It could be like things he doesn't like about himself that he's projecting onto Benson. So I think at this point, like, it really seems really bad between him and Benson. From where we started, Mike seems to be completely like checked out in my mind. I don't really understand necessarily what his like attraction is to Tan. But there definitely seems to be more of like an ease and almost an understanding that they have because they're both in similar situations taking care of their, you know, elderly parents.
1: I just think, again, it's about the way that close relationships to you often feel like more pressure than further away ones. Kind of the same way that, you know, we talked about last week or we've talked about previously how Mike's mom was more accepting of Benson being gay than she was of her own son. But I feel like you kind of get to step back and I feel like it's kind of the same thing, Mike and Benson. He's so checked out of that, but there's so much baggage there that he's easy, he's able to just like let go and be more chill with Tan. I think they have a sweet little moment, but also... I don't know. I wonder if him and Benson ever had that kind of like honeymoon sweet phase. I don't feel like we really see that.
0: Yeah, there's almost this like sickening moment when Benson moves in. And Mike has that like, I immediately wanted him out. And oh, I mean, that's just devastating to read. I think it's relatable, you know, but still it's just really sad. I think the transientness of Tan is one of the things that Mike likes about him because it doesn't feel permanent and it doesn't feel real and we see his aversion to that permanence um when Benson moves in and it's like immediately like their first night together and Benson or Michael is already like regretting Benson being there and wanting him to leave and it's just such a painful section to read because obviously I'm thinking of myself in Benson's shoes and just you know, when you get to that point of commitment, your partner realizes it's the, it's the mistake. And now it's just completely drawn out um, so much longer since that point. It's just, yeah, that was really hard to read. One thing related to this transientness is this conversation that uh, Mike and Tan have about home. Um, so they're talking about, um, you know, where's your home? What does home mean? And Mike says you shouldn't make your home out of other people. And then they kind of continue continue the conversation, and Tan comes back on page 181, and he says, um, I've been thinking about what you asked about home, um, and what have you decided, Mike asks. He says that, a, that loving a person means letting them change when they need to and letting them go when, you, when they need to, and that doesn't make them any less of a home, just maybe not one for you, or only for a season or two. But that doesn't diminish the love, it just changes forms. And I think that's like exactly what we're reading is maybe the two of them are a home for each other for a very specific time. And him not letting Benson change is not letting Benson become a home for someone else's love.
1: When you're reading that, I'm like, yeah, I think Mike is around all these people who like think of things in different and deeper ways because any of that in his brain, it's unsure, but (laughs) that I do think it's interesting though, because Mike is immediately like, you don't make a home out of other people. I think this kind of goes back to what you were saying about how like projecting your family or parents. I wonder if like, because his parents constantly left him, like his mom, his dad left him and his mom left and um, his relationships with them are clearly strained at different times. If that kind of informs his reluctance to like build a home with Benson I think they have a couple of sweet moments I wonder if they were different people like it could have been different Mm.
0: we'll never know because again like we keep kind of reading it's like you get one life you get one chance you get one like one story Um, but we do see Michael like pressing back against this like it'll be what it'll be kind of like this is good enough is good enough um, because he recognizes that that's how his dad has ended up where he is Um, and he doesn't want to get there.
1: Okay. I know last week I talked about um, Mike and Benson's relationship. So I was kind of wondering what you thought about it now, like how they communicate, how they talk to each other, what the foundation of their relationship is built on. Like, how do you think it's going?
0: I was thinking about the title of the book this week. Um, Obviously, it's a memorial because his dad is going to pass, but I think it's also, like, a memorial to this relationship, and there's definitely a, like, what could have been, and maybe a, you know, maybe a this should have never been in the first place, Um but of course, like, we can't, we can't know that, and that's, like, the, the human crisis, <laughs> Um but this is kind of a memorial to, I think, also like a failed relationship and what a failed relationship can teach you about yourself. And um, yeah, it's hard. I don't, I don't think that they have a great relationship, but I don't blame them because of their parents didn't give them good examples of what a good relationship could be like.
1: I think this is an interesting point, too, because when you're in it, when you're in a relationship that's failing, it can be so hard to like understand that that's what's happening or admit that that's what's happening and there was one quote I can't remember what page it's on where they say everything looks different in context like when I read that I was like oh yeah because this conversation looks different because of the fight because of the mom because of the time of year and the relationship they've had and all these different things like everything looks different in
0: context which I think I really like that part of it that line oh yeah and it's also like It's so obvious. I mean, we can think about this of like when if you if these if these were your friends, if Benson's your friend and you guys are having a drink and he's telling you about their relationship. I mean, it's so obvious to be on the outside and to say, like, what are you doing? You guys should break up. It's not working. You're not communicating like, you know, but when you're in it, it's so hard to see that. And it's so hard to receive that. What makes so much sense from the outside? And that's like we're not appreciating their context.
1: Right. I also Absolutely. think you're, just, you're too emotionally like close to it sometimes to see, because when you see it, then you have to admit it. Then it sucks. Cause then you have to go through it. Like as soon as you, as soon as he admits, like, this is the end of this. Like as soon as Mike or Benson admit, like, this is no longer working and it's not going to, then they have to like break up and move out and separate their lives and tell their friends and do all those shitty things that you don't want to do. So I feel like, and you don't want to admit, you just wasted this time and effort with a person that it's not going to work with.
0: My last thought about their relationship at this point is: I think there are a lot of things that you can come back from, but I think some things, once you say them, you can't unsay them. And when they were in the fight and Mike threw um, Benson's being HIV positive back at him, I think that's a line that you can't necessarily. I mean, I I feel like some couples probably could come back from it. I don't want to say that line is the same for everybody but i think these two men and what we know about them like that is such a such a dagger to put into someone that i think that's going to sever their potential for the future so i think the forecast is bleak uh, for the two of them but hopefully we will have some like learnings you know along the way and they can get something good out of out of their time together
1: let's talk talk talk
0: talk what's your high of the week what's your low of the week do the low first (laughs) I've gotten two papers rejected within a week which getting paper rejections is not like that uncommon I mean I'm sure every academic gets at least five to ten journal rejections a year but it's like when you work on something for so long and you get a rejection it just sucks and to get two in the course of one week is just awful so That was my low. And it was really sad for anybody who listened when we did Right at the Bone. James is also on that paper with me and he called me. And it was one of those things where you're like, oh, no, (laughs) if he's calling me, this is bad. And I picked up like on the first ring and was like, tell me. It just sucks because like I, you know, in my former life as a consultant, like bad things happen. I mean, like serving waiting tables, you would have a bad night where you wouldn't make The money that you needed to or you know had an asshole table but I never cried about it and I'm like sobbing over a stupid email my question is as somebody who's not in
1: any kind of PhD program um (laughs) like do they tell you
0: why are they like this has been studied before or like we didn't like this so the reviewers will give you feedback about what they liked, but it's really hard to know if their feedback is like idiosyncratic to them, if it's for that journal in particular, like if this is going to be at this journal, it needs to be at this level, or if the feedback is like something everybody else would agree on. So it's really hard to know what to do with that feedback, to be honest.
1: Katie, what's your low? Well, I didn't think about it until right now. I think my low is... I just feel so, so tired this week. I'm just like ready for it to be Christmas Eve. Okay. Also this thing is happening to me where I'm going to bed at 1130, which is like very normal. Then I'm waking up at 615. I was thinking, I think if I had a plan where I was like, because I feel like the issue is like, I won't, I won't like be productive. And then I don't know, I guess there's times at night I relax. I can just do less relaxing at night and go to bed earlier. I feel like I'm getting old though. And that's really the low. It's not cute. Mm Um, but today we took our friends Matt and Dale and their little baby Jasper and we all went on a little walk to see some Christmas lights and it was um, really muddy and, and there were lights but not like a ton and I fell in the mud but it was hilarious and also <laughs> Jasper carried it on a glow stick the whole time just screaming Christmas songs and carrying it and it was great. Um, cool. It was very cute and it's like almost Christmas so I'm excited to, we are still traveling a little bit like we're just dropping gifts off in Athens but then we're going to my parents for the weekend which will be like actually relaxing
0: there was a big snowstorm in Brooklyn and people were obsessed. I've never seen Brooklyn like this. So I live right by a big park in Brooklyn and people like were like, it was not like a couple people are sledding. It's like, I'm pretty sure everyone with a child is sledding right now. People had like skis and were just like skiing through the park. Like everybody is so starved for anything to do. They're like, we're living for the snow. So that was like a fun, fun thing to see.
1: I saw something today too, like a stupid meme or something that was like after the 1918 flu, like I understand the roaring twenties, you would kind of get this like feeling where everyone's like dressing up and celebrating every little thing or like appreciating more. At least you, I could hope so that like people will mm-hmm. appreciate all these like little things like, like just like you just appreciate things that we used to have to eat like every week now we ra- we rarely order out or go out to eat so when we do it's this like whole thing that it didn't used to be also high note um all of our icu started getting vaccines this week and we're officially getting them next week for all of our next well two weeks for all of our like employees and people it's so cool that we've made a vaccine so quickly it's so cool how hard all these scientists have worked together to like make this happen and to like despite all of the barriers with our government and our leaderships and everything that has like really worked against this happening that like it is happening still in record time and people are going to be safer someday soon
0: book talk is made by me erica bailey and katie cheney with production support from dan white our theme music is by dan white we'll see you next week